XX Equals is a focused, user-centered innovation collective within Canadi Ford, and this is our podcast. Our aim is to close the gap between perception and reality when designing for women. So jump in and join us as we talk to some of the leaders, experts, and trailblazers in this space. Hello and welcome to XX Equals podcast. I am very pleased indeed to be joined today by Brad Harper, uh, aka Design Truth. And um, when did we first meet, Brad, or we first spoke? Probably five, probably four, five years pro- ago. Probably a few. I remember you spoke to me once, Mel, when I was walking to. I was walking down to the doctors, I think, at the time because I was going to Australia. I remember talking to you off the train station and there was like these cars like zooming past. I was like, geez, I'm talking to like a CEO for design agency here. I can't even hear myself think. And uh, I was going traveling at the time. That would have been a few years ago. So but then you realize it's just me. So that's absolutely fine. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank, thanks for uh, Thanks for inviting me on. It's very nice. Well, thanks for coming. I, I, think, don't, I, uh, I don't get invited onto many stuff. So, uh, well, we're, we're quick for a pro now, aren't we? Exactly. Yeah. So now, tell us a little bit about Design Truth and why you set it up. And yeah, a bit sure. of your background as well, Brad. Yeah, Design Truth. As you rightly pointed out, you you, you was a guest um, in your own right, probably a few months ago now. Um, Design Truth is effectively. Um, I hate to say the word brand or organisation because it's not really that. It's just um, something that me and a chap called Drew put together about a year or so ago now. Um, and Drew is a natural designer. I'm not one of those designer types, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, but we put it together to, to, to try to make people feel a little bit more connected to one another in this whole lockdown thing. Um, and um, it started off me just roping on people I know um over the years that have met or they had a drink with or something and you just kind of throw a mic at them and say just chat and um for some reason we've been doing it nearly a year now and, and, and people still listen to the thing so um it's a kind of a labor of love i guess um and um i think in these times there's um never been a greater need for that feeling of community and so there isn't as you know well, there isn't so much of a community in industrial design in the UK. It's um, mm-hmm. very, very strange little world. And so um, we thought, why not try and get people to come together? Um, and that's what we've done. It's been, um, it's been great. Um, so um, that's probably the, the best way I'd say to put it. It's a labour of love, I would say. Um, more well, so than anything else. We've talked previously, haven't we, about how, how and, uh, you know, you've just mentioned that how little community there is and how there mm. is, there is a design truth shaped hole out there and about what that could actually mean or look like for our industry as well. Absolutely. Uh, if you go back 10, 15 years, I think everyone probably hated each other. You know, everyone would, you know, they'd, they'd wait for the design week magazine to come through and then they'd kind of scroll through it and they'd say, oh, that person's work is rubbish or, or maybe insert an expletive there, you know, that that was the industry. Um, and you're probably seeing it from the newer crop of designers you're having in in KD, the types of people now that are the younger generation. They're more they're more infatuated by community and togetherness, um, and just a sense of kind of a wider collective rather than everyone hating each other 
to try and win work off each other. It's a very different world that we live in now. So um, I just we were probably the first to do it, but um, just uh, uh, we're just an excuse to get together, have a beer, have a laugh, talk to people in like-minded situations, and hopefully we can actually do it in real life one day. That would be that's the plan. That's the, that's the plan anyway. It's, um, it's all sounding a bit Hunger Games out there at the moment, Brad, isn't it? <laughs> I, think, I, I think um I think you know design truth is is plugging that gap and I'm excited about the possibility of what that could be moving forward, you know, because yeah. we don't have um those open discussions as an industry. And I, I really want us to be able as an industry to do more of that, particularly around the area that XX equals is focusing on, um, mm. diversity and well, equality specifically. Um, and I was really pleased when you agreed to do this because I think you have quite a unique uh insight into this mm. work because obviously you've been working specifically in this area in recruitment for a number of years. Yeah, and so, it's come up, only... coming, up, coming up to seven years now. Wow, yeah. So uh, not only do you, do you know the players involved, you've also had a lot of these conversations with them? Mm, yeah, I mean, literally, I had a conversation probably half 11 this morning. I told a client that I was coming on this podcast and we were talking a lot about diversity and it was a great conversation actually because the, the chap who was the, the manager of a pet, a pet company and we were talking about a few things um, that I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to and one of which was I tend to get involved with hiring now of companies that are quite new to hiring so a manager gets a job and I've probably met them once a time and I said where can you help so they're not necessarily this kind of process or anything kind of sophisticated and there's always the acknowledgement off the top of I would love to get love to get more women in the team um it never seems to go deeper than deeper than that from a diversity perspective um but i think you know we'll, we'll get there as, as time goes on um and it's, how do we go about that how do we go about do, doing that and people they just they just don't know um and it's interesting that there now is this place of acknowledgement of it but i think what's exciting about this particular thing that you're doing is that we're now getting to a place where we're going beyond likes or engagement to actually some sort of solutions to the problem. I think diversity is one of those topics where it's very easy to get a few likes off of it and you can get lots of positive words and you'll get, you know, the troll that come, will readily come with it, but it's great for a PR exercise, but actually it's a very complex problem, lots of intertwined layers and it's something that people find very difficult to talk about without sounding like they're going to upset someone. Yeah. And so it's great that now we're at a place where you've actually got a product of sorts where you can say, we're doing this thing and we think it's going to solve it for the greater good rather than just like a LinkedIn post. Um, I think it needs to be deeper than that um, because actually I think it's probably a, a lifetime's worth of work to fix the state of the problem. Probably more so. I'm not sure it will happen in my lifetime. Yeah, you're looking um, at a 95 five split, aren't you? So yeah, um, yeah. yeah this is this is something that's going to be beyond our time. But we have to do something about it. Otherwise, it's it's only getting worse. This, to me, it's it's quite a simple conundrum that we need to fix, essentially. And people say, well, I know we've talked about this previously as well, Brad. People talk about, well, what does that look like? What does mm. equality and diversity look like? And to me, that's a representation of the society in which we live. We should yeah. be the mirror of the society in which we live, and that will enable us to 
to design with empathy, true empathy and understanding. And that's not just in terms of equality, male and female, that's in terms of neurodiversity, race, you know, um, mm, class and all these different, different, issues, different nationalities, yeah. all of that feeding in and, mm. and being a truly inclusive, inclusive industry, which we are far from being. And I mean, what, so it's interesting that you're, those conversations that you're having are around sort of, this is something I'd like to do, but they, people don't know where to start with it. Do you think that's, do you think they're paying lip service to it? Or do you think they genuinely are losing sleep over this? I don't think they're necessarily losing sleep over it, but I think it's like, it's in a bracket of a nice to have rather than the business is going to go under if we don't do it type thought it's a case of wouldn't it be nice if we had a woman in our team or i just the example i can give of the pet based company i think this is the only one of the only real tangible kind of ideas i've got <laughs> of actually how to fix the the quite complex issue is that it's all about compromise and i think a lot of companies are not in a mindset where they want to compromise and it's only getting harder during a COVID time of you've got a remote workforce and you've, you're thinking about, okay, I probably don't want to necessarily bring on a junior hire at the minute because I don't know if I trust them or I don't know if we can support their career in the best possible way. So if you, if you adopt the, the, the fact that the industry is 95-5 split, there has to be an element of a compromise to incorporate that five into your team because the five aren't necessarily as a general rule of thumb aren't generally going to have all of the skill sets that you may be after because they've not necessarily been exposed to what you're after against the brief you set out obviously there will be some that will but if you want to be more inclusive as a as a design team you're going to have to work out what can you compromise. Is that years of experience? Is, is that going to be where this person can be based? Is it the salary? You know, the things that people need to start to compromise to make it happen. And I think the issue is, is that many companies aren't prepared to compromise um, to, to, to do that, to, to, to incorporate diversity. And um, that's why I was really excited about your, the, the KD scholarship. Um, because you're kind of making sure that anyone going through the educational process is pretty much there is no excuse not to employ this person no. um, and, and that's that's the kind of the thing is is a company willing to say okay this person hasn't got experience in what we're designing here yeah. they might not be exposed to injection molding but we we will train them and we will you know we'll go out of our way to make our team a bit more diverse a bit yeah. more inclusive that's i think is the thing that people are, yeah. are just i think it's very easy to make the kind of a call that to just hire more female designers but businesses yeah. aren't in a in a in a mindset where they want to compromise and that's I something that's a, it's a constant battle i face i don't know if you face it but well, it's, are you are you prepared to actually say you know what i'll bring on that raw grad um i'll i'll do something different to make sure that i make this team more more diverse otherwise it's just just lip service i think anyway so um i'm gonna say a phrase now that i've always wanted to say for our listeners out there oh, nice. we, uh, we um 
that uh, Brad's referring to um, our diversity internship, which um, has a scholarship element to it as well, which we're launching um, uh, very shortly as well. It's a, sl a slightly separate programme to the XX Equals, but it's around driving diversity. And actually, no, it's good to talk about it because ultimately what we want to do with that programme, we're setting up that programme with a view that we want to open source it mm. and share it with all our competitors and all of our clients and say to them, this is a programme, we've done a lot of the groundwork with the universities, we've done a lot of the groundwork with thinking about what will work best and how that will work, and um, you can take this and tailor it now. Yeah. And, and it's similar to, to what we've done with Kerning the Gap, which started as a London-based programme around women in leadership, uh, which started as a mentoring scheme in London, and now we're in London, Liverpool, um, Bristol, um, Leeds, Glasgow. You know, we have we have a national presence now and um, mentoring schemes and all of those. So if we can take a similar tact with the diversity internship and drive that, then I, I think that could significantly scale and change the yeah. face of what our industry looks like. I think, I it, think it, it's so integral that it's open source. Yeah. Because it, it, this, this is something that's so much bigger than a little old design tree talking here before. This is every, everyone has to come together and say, is our design team really reflecting our consumer? Yeah. Um, and if uh, there are some, there are some really, I personally believe there are some lovely people that work in our industry. I, I think I've met very few, a pan full of people over the years that I would classify as someone I wouldn't want to have a drink with after work. I think a lot of some very nice souls in, in our industry. But when you look around the design floor, you know, you'll go into marketing, a company where the product itself is primarily aimed at women. And you'll go into marketing and brand and you'll see it's like a pretty 80, 85, 20 split. You'll turn around the corner to the design team when you're walking through the studio and it's just six white guys. Yeah. And you're going, you know, it's a very basic statement. But if a female designer can't get a job here where the product is actually aimed at women, yeah. then what hope have they got elsewhere? <laughs> you know, okay. but that, so uh, that, that's just uh, and um it's one of those things where you can you can make the kind of the call of you know I want to you know, want to increase diversity in the team, but if we can't get that right, then and how, I think on we, how on earth can we how on earth can we scale it? Because I want just, to go back uh, to your point on um, on um, potent, on um, you know compromise, mm. and, and I think I think there is you know I think you have to compromise across anyone regardless of their sex and the reason I think that is because and I know we talked about this on the design truth podcast I genuinely believe you never find 100 percent do you? you never find 100 percent the right person so there's always an element of compromise but I suppose it's I like I genuinely <sighs> believe it should be 50 percent on potential mm. attitude 25 percent qualifications 25 percent experience and we've I would, I would say in, in KD, the people who we've taken the biggest risks on, it doesn't always work out, but they mm. are some of our best people because on paper, mm. they shouldn't have had that job, but they've had it and they've absolutely owned it and done an amazing, amazing job. Yeah, you, you know what it's like within the agency space. I don't want to necessarily use this platform to kind of bereft other, other agencies, but that 25% on qualification is probably more 80, 90. Yeah. Um, I think uh, that, that's the change that needs to mm. happen. And and I think, you know, you're saying about referring to kind of the challenges where it is 5%. But if you mm. change those those percentages, we're yeah. not 50% women in KD. We are 50% in our management team mm. and our exec team and our SMT. 
we're 40% across the broader business as a whole. Uh, but what you get then is you get a change in dynamic because you've mm. got that equilibrium. It's more reflective of the world that we live in and yeah. policies, um, you know, that make work more enjoyable um, just kind of start to exude into the, the working day. And there's that um, that balance that, um, that, you know, and the kind of everything improves, in, in my view, as a result of it. Mm. Uh, it's just it's more like real life. It's not real life going and sitting in a room with, you know, 25 other guys and, you know, and then going home at the end of the day. That's not <laughs> real life. So yeah, I think, yeah, but particularly when, as I say, if, if the actual end product of this thing is aimed at the female market, I mean, it's just extraordinary, really, that, yeah. that well, the, I, the teams don't reflect that, you know. Um, I'm sure you... Why do you always start to look all diverse? <sighs> I mean, I've got many views on it, but I'm interested in, you know, from the conversations that you're having, why do you think this situation's happened here? I think when people hire, they tend to hire the devil they know. Yeah. And so if you've only ever worked, you know, in... They tend to, you know, employ an ex-colleague or someone they've met, or and you end up hiring a clone of you. You know, you hire. Well, at times, I had feedback, and it'd be like, "It reminded me of me when I was younger." <laughs> Is that necessarily a good thing? <laughs> you know, is that necessarily what you're actually after? And maybe it is again down to this element of 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 comfort of just like being around people that you kind of know and uh, are not necessarily prepared to go outside of that kind of bracket of like these are the kinds of people that we're after um I've always I've always found it to be strange because I've never I've never really felt that the people in our industry are what I would classify as like bad people you see what I, mean? I don't really see them as like idiots or um I've always felt them to be or maybe it's just because of the way they are with me as a, as a white guy I don't know but um it, I've just never really felt that I've always been surprised of why it's of, of why it's so extreme you know in terms of race in terms of class it, you pretty much sometimes you go into a meeting you you're almost looking at a clone of someone else you've met from the time before <laughs> they all look the same they all tend to go to Brunel and it's like Jesus you know it's, it, it's like a production line almost of um of people and it just seems so contradictory to the world we're living in, which is mm. so amazingly rapidly. And, you know, I'm I'm a huge believer in, in you know, you have to transform your business along with that change. Mm. Otherwise, it, you know, you will become irrelevant. Mm. And I think, I, you know, I have a concern that that this will happen in our industry or, you know, will... Yeah. There will be, it will be impacting work because also a lot of our clients are looking at this as well and they're yes. asking questions and they're saying how how has this happened and mm. and what's actually going to happen about it in terms of changing this dynamic because if, if you look at digital mail if you look at ux that is an incredibly diverse field and you wonder if graduates coming through the kind of the programs now are they going to start to lean more towards that as just a more inclusive space to go and work in? Are we, are we, are we kind of going to enter a phase where people are going to get their industrial design degree and then they're going to go, actually, I don't want to work in industrial design because this is just not an industry that's reflective of me. Yeah, um, I think that's definitely happening. If you're going, hmm. you know, if you're making it through to interview stage and, you know, I think you said to, to me, I mean, 
I don't know any other businesses the size of KD who have um, a female uh, CEO. I don't know any who have uh, certainly not 50-50 in the management team. I mean, from, from if you can't be it, you can't see it. If you're just being interviewed by a room full of men, that's going to make you feel alienated as a 22-year-old graduate mm. female designer. I mean, tell, from your experience, Brad, what are you, are you seeing any of it improve in terms of, and I'm interested as well in, in the, in the this kind of this moving through the senior ranks of the businesses i think one great example i can give but unfortunately it's only ever going to be like an isolated case i think if you ever look at the shark ninja team in victoria that at a senior level is very 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 good from a diversity perspective um i don't know the specific split but there's some very senior people in that business in the london office that's that's female, um, director of design, I think, um, engineering manager, you know, really great kind of, which again, probably reflects their end consumer, right? Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's isolated cases popping up, but it's just not the norm, you know, and even in the agency world, you've got someone, I think the only one I can think of is, is Joe over at Marama, but that's a six, seven person organization. So it's not nowhere near the same level of size as, is KD, um, but no, Mel, not really. I don't. I don't see many that that pop up. Um, it, it'll, it'll... Next month on the podcast. So yeah, but, um, yeah, she's she's going to join oh, us next month. Which yeah, fun. I I still find it a novelty when a, a client sends through an email saying so and so is interviewing and they're going to be interviewed by Emma or Holly, and you go, oh, it, it's still it come. It, it's not it, even something like that. It's just a uh, you know, it's a bit of a novelty in itself. Yeah. Um, which I suppose is, is not necessarily a, a fantastic thing, and that's not just a, that's exclusive, not just exclusive to agency. You know, in-house startup, um, it's across the board. It's not just kind of a certain kind of sphere. We've done a lot of this stuff on on the podcast and had these kind of conversations. We found a lot of the lived experience has been that the, the kind of female designers have found themselves pigeonholed quite a lot of the time. You know, they've been pigeonholed down into CMF, for example. You know, mm. That those are the kind of projects we want you to work on. Yeah. Um, and have found that they've they found it quite difficult to gain that wider exposure of product development, maybe just reflection of the environments they've been in, which obviously makes it more harder as you go through the levels um, because you haven't had that exposure from day one. But uh, is that an observation you've had? You know, from that there's just pigeon up, particularly in CMF. I don't know why it's why it's CMF. But yeah, absolutely CMF. And it's yeah, I don't I have no idea why. But I think what I am keen to do is is to start having these uncomfortable conversations. And and actually we're doing that in the world around us. Lockdown's delivered that. We've seen that with BLM. You know, we've seen a lot of the conversations that have happened around in the last week or two around Sarah Everard. Mm. And actually, it feels like the time is right now. I mean, we've been working on this for a while, but it feels like actually we need to have those uncomfortable conversations. And people need to realise that it's not about we don't want us. We're not here to be judgy and we're not here mm. to make anyone's lives more difficult. We and actually we're not worried about whether you say the right thing or use the right terminology we just want to have that's fine if your heart is in the right place and your methods and your your um your um objectives behind it are are true then ultimately 
you know, it doesn't matter. Let's have these uncomfortable conversations and see what we can all collectively do to start driving this forward. It's not, you know, I mean, we'd, we've talked historically around the, um, in fact, I was just um, saying to you, before we came on this call, I was having a call with my head of team development about when we launch and the, the backlash that I expect, because we've seen it so many times before, the vitriol mm. pouring out of our our industry. <laughs> and and I'm having the conversation now before that before that launch happens about how we how we can protect our, our team from that, who are mm. posting their opinions and their views mm. and um, and how we can protect them. Because but the fact that we even have to do that mm. is, you know, it's it's just it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I've, I've, so I've been doing recruitment for seven years, and I think I like to think of that seven years. I don't think I've not fallen out with that many people. I'd say as a, as a fair strength, I can have a good relationship with most people, and I can get on with them. But the only time I can ever remember getting some form of abusive comment on LinkedIn in particular, was when I put a post up about diversity once for about a year or so ago, talking about how do we make design teams more diverse. Probably the only time I've ever had a comment of any real negativity. And, and why, uh, it, why do you think it is so threatening to people? I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know. Um, it, it, People just seem to find it a bit strange, don't they? Where it's a bit like the whole kind of positive discrimination piece. They just find it like they're they're, in, they're under some sort of some sort of threat. Yeah. Um, Actually, that's not. Know. It's not about positive discrimination. It's about mm. it's about equal equal rights, and it's around mm. everybody being given a fair shot, and it's around design allyship. Because if we have more women in teams, they can share more of their knowledge around. Um, yeah. and empathetic design you know for for example as you were talking about you know female specific products and everybody yes. benefits from it our team at xx equals is not solely women it's 75 percent women 25 percent men okay. and and all of the people who are in our core team um have volunteered to do that so mm. you know men in our team are there because they want to understand this and they want to develop that and that's just our core team the whole business I mean, that for me has been one of the best things about this is just the reaction internally, how mm. everybody is is interested and engaged and wants to help. Mm. I, th I definitely think from a, maybe this is just a generational thing as well, is that you'll find that most kind of younger designers coming through the system now are far more kind of fixed on things like this like they're far more kind of aware self-aware uh, maybe that's just because the media they've been exposed to now um where it's blm or the the, the you know the case quite recently um down in kent with um with sarah and um i think it's something that people are generally far more aware of and they're actually going to be looking this is kind of male designers they're probably going to be looking at looking at that as a, as a prerequisite for the kind of job they want to go into. Whereas before, 10 years ago, they probably wouldn't care about that kind of thing. But now I would say a diverse team is probably something that's going to be more on their agenda as well. Um, and so what I'm hoping is when, I'm not saying that people over a certain age aren't aware of this kind of thing, I just think it's generally, um, you know, a younger generation is far more self-aware of this kind of stuff. I do think once they start to enter this kind of hiring 
kind of position when, when they kind of progress into management or whatnot. And I'm seeing it now, you know, people that I've, I maybe first met as a really raw junior designer seven years ago, and now they're like, Brad, I'm a manager at this place. These are very different people than what the managers were yeah. 10, 15 years ago. And it's far more on their mind from day one. So I'm hoping that um, attitude changes at a managerial kind of level should hopefully um, yeah. help quite significantly. It's been um, um, at KD, you know, we've we've always been talking about this issue. I think what's changed is obviously we've talked about it for a number of years in terms of curling the gap and trying mm. to address it within our business. What's changed is now we're taking that externally. But um, the levels of support through all levels of the business have always been good. But that might be um, the well, it is due to the people that we hire and the purpose driven nature of the business. But yeah. equally, I think there's this really interesting dynamic that that I see. And I was having this conversation um, last year with uh, the uh, one of the founders of the 30 percent club who okay. look at women on boards. And she was saying that most of the, the founder members of that from the sort of the corporate world, a lot of them, it was the fact that they had daughters. Right. And and they couldn't they couldn't perceive a world where their daughter was told that she couldn't mm. follow a particular career path or or that she would have doors closed to her. Mm. So um, so it was it was almost when it became into their own self interest. Yeah, and quite frankly, um, I don't really care where the motivation <laughs> comes from. I just want to see it because yeah. you know it's all it's all about delivering delivering us on onto the right pathway here. Mm. Um, but I think. I think what what frustrates me is, and you referenced it earlier, is the speed at which we're achieving this. We've gone from probably ten percent women to forty, or maybe a bit more than ten percent, um, in five years. Right. So we've gone from, in terms of the SMT, it was probably somewhere around ten or fifteen percent right. um, women to fifty in in five years. So it can be done. Mm. If you're focused on it yeah and it, it, i think it's something that needs to come from the top down as well you know there are lots of design companies well where design isn't even necessarily in the forefront of the business mind and so i speak to lots of people where it's more in-house than agency but they're in an environment where the ceo or whatever doesn't necessarily understand design yeah and so um, they're not necessarily design isn't even necessarily at a board level is it in quite a lot of organizations so um, you'd hope maybe through that that it would just be this kind of ripple down effect um, that, that will have a positive bearing on on things like uh, on things like diversity um, but um, I, just, I just think it's exciting that we're, we're now at a place where it's going beyond engagement and actually to, to tangible kind of solutions to the problem um that, that that for me is quite key Brad, um, have you have you because you obviously you know i've talked to you about what we're doing with xx equals and, and what we're hoping to achieve have you got any advice for me advice for you on xx equals um just don't get bothered by i know it's easy to say but just just don't get try not to, to, to get bogged down with the 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 probably negative comments that may come from it. Yeah. Um, that would be my only thing. What I've ex noticed in as a general life thing is that 
actually it's quite interesting to hear other perspectives um is actually it's like uh we live in this world at the minute where it's quite black and white and a lot of the time there's quite a bit of gray in the middle um and actually just to there is like just a small podcast thing i might talk to someone that might say it's crap but it's like just have a 20 minute conversation with them and just see why they thought it was crap and just don't necessarily end it in a bit in a, in a row <laughs> at the end of the phone just hear them out and see what they have to say and just like you know take it take it take it at face value and you know people tend to form their views off their own lived experience um and um I don't necessarily think that's I don't know if that's advice for you. No, I but I think I think I think what, what people generally want to see now is a form of action and not words. Yeah, and I think been um, there's been a lot, you know, I think the it's what's what is interesting is I do a lot of well, a little bit of stuff out in the States, for example. And that is I, I if you talk to any business out in into out of the US. DNI is something that comes up in every single conversation you will have. And it is an intrinsic part of the recruitment process. Yeah. You've, got to, you've got to make sure that you've got a split in people that you're interviewing. Um, in sports, I think it's called the Romney rule, um, uh, which I think was an NFL thing, which I think you, you needed to interview at least one, one black manager per, um, per post. Um, and of the byproducts of that, I think there's been a, a massive increase in that kind of um in that split um at that managerial level so we don't really get that over here i think over here we just get the odd comment that gets made of yeah i'd like another bit a female in the team but it's nothing where it's like okay we're going to do an interview process here and we're going to make sure that 30 40 percent of people that we meet are, are women we're going to go out of our way to find them um we're going to we're going to go to the universities we're going to find out students are we're going to do everything we can to make sure that there's at least x amount of people coming through this system um that are women and also we're going to keep track on them as their careers develop as well uh, we're going to we're going to make sure that we give them feedback on their portfolio that they send it to me yeah uh, we're going to make sure that we can you know we might say that the job's not right for you now but we'd love to keep in touch with you in two three years time and we'll do our absolute best to make sure that you land a job we'll refer you to a friend or you know, just being a bit more proactive in actually trying to to, to, to make sure people actually get the experience, because I think once they actually get the the experience, um, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Um, to, to 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 find it. It seems to be this kind of what I found from the report was that a lot of kind of women kind of go into industrial design and then once they're kind of graduating they're not getting that kind of post from day one and then instantly they're kind of falling behind the curve once it gets to two year two year three type thing and they're just not getting that first kind of yeah. role into industry that seems to be where the disconnect is is that yeah. am i right in saying that or yeah i think that's one of one of the absolutely one of the sort of the milestone points one of the tipping mm. So I think there's a few actually. I think there's there's a few before that, and then there's a couple okay. more after. But yeah, absolutely, it is. It is. You you, you <laughs> wonder if you wonder if some of the bigger employers, um, let's use Dyson as an example, can they make sure that their intern splits are 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 more than what they are right now? Yeah. Uh, can they make a, as a big employer into the space? Yeah. Can they be doing more to make sure that we are they are producing? You know 
more people that can kind of enter the system almost. Um, I think there are li- it is, this is why it has to be open source. I think the other the other thing that really needs to be discussed and and shared is it is good business sense. Mm. You know, I had um, a, a client, a new client that we started working with recently. She was designing. Well, she had a, a female founder started a business designing a femcare product, and she went to um, six six agencies. We were the only agency that unprompted put a woman in the room, mm. and this is a femcare product. <laughs> so uh, we won the work. I mean, I'd like to think it was for more than the fact that we actually just had a woman in the room. But equally, it makes good business sense. Mm. And, you know, and we've seen from statistics that have been released from things like Women on Boards that that um, more diverse boards create more profitable businesses. And mm. there's information that backs that up. It's not just uh, you know some kind of qualitative statement. So clearly, there's a business opportunity here as well. And, you know, there there are so many pluses and so few minuses here. You know, not everyone's going to lose their jobs overnight, if that's what we're <laughs> concerned about. Let's be realistic here. So, um, so let's have those difficult conversations. Let's make ourselves feel a bit more uncomfortable. And, and let's all strive, because I'm not here saying that we're brilliant and we're, you know, we're ahead of the curve there's work we need to do there's work everybody needs to do so let's try and and share and uh you know and have those conversations and i think um you know when you're running your first design truth conference brad <laughs> on the agenda and we'll uh, mm. we'll be able to have some, some really well, you, you get them you get them all in a room though then you lock the door so they can't get out <laughs> and then you have to have a chat about it until as the door as opens few bottles of whiskey we'll be fine yeah. Yeah. That might make things worse, actually, mightn't it? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's something we all have to do. I mean, I look at, um, I remember we had a new starter here in Turnley a couple of years ago, and um, I was looking through kind of old sales reports and stuff of people that we found jobs for over the years and just kind of used that as a template almost. Of, 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 of And uh, it was kind of embarrassing to look back on it because a lot of people were called Tom and a lot of people were called James and a lot of people were called Luke. And you look at it and you just go, Jesus, you know, like 97% of these or whatever went to Brunel. <laughs> and it's like, you know, this is yeah. like, you have to, you've got to, you, you kind of have to, it takes a while just to get yourself self-aware of this. is actually a bit of a problem here, isn't there's it? More, <laughs> there's, more, um, there's more Dave's CEOs on the FTSE 100 than there are women. There's seven Dave's and there's five women. So, yeah. <laughs> So that, that, that's a circle conversation back to back to Dave. But um, I just want to thank you, Brad, for your views. I think hopefully, um, and your comment, you know, that it will cause start causing a bit more of a conversation around that. Mm. And um, and I think that's just going to benefit everybody. I think I think you'll be surprised as well about some of the positivity you'll get. I hope so. Um, I think it's, I know you can automatically think, oh, I know someone's going to send me a really abusive message, aren't they? But actually, I think you're going to, amongst that, you're probably going to get quite a lot of people saying, this sounds great. I'd love to know more about this. Uh, you know, they'll send it to their boss. You know, have you seen this thing called XX equals? Why can't we do something like that? Why have we not thought about something like that? And you'll get, actually get, you know, we've got Joe coming on, on our, Barama coming on our podcast last week. I'll put a post up saying, oh, we've got Joe coming on. 
and I'll just get messages in my inbox from young female designers, you know, and 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 now there is this kind of these aspirational figures they can kind of look up to, whereas like a young guy might look up at I don't know Dick Powell or something, you know, all those years ago. And you see it in the messages that, I, that you get through, and you say, "Look, we, we're bringing Joe on," and you know, they, they want you get loads of messages asking, you know, "How did you get into that kind of position? What advice have you got?" Um, and, and that must be a fantastic feeling for her as well. That there are lots of people that that, that are kind of craving for that kind of thought leader um, that they can relate to. Um, so, see, so amongst the, the dross, you probably will get some really lovely messages as well. And, yeah, I'm looking to. forward to those. I'm definitely looking forward to those. As always, Brad, an absolute pleasure. Thank you for making the no time. No dramas. And I look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Good stuff. Thanks for that. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed listening, please rate, review and subscribe. And keep your eyes peeled for our next episode.